0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode number one of the New York Gun Guys podcast. My name is Taylor. My name is JT. How y'all doing? And um, I guess we're just going to get right into it. Pretty much uh, the podcast is going to be about gun ownership in New York, the issues we face, politics, and just general discussion and beating around the bush about firearms. And um, I guess... Yeah, pretty much
1: um, just general information and I think we'll, we'll... over time, we'll get a little more specific into some more specific topics. Just we kind of realized that there there wasn't a podcast based on um, gun ownership
0: in New York, which, right? Well, Often times, which just we all a, know is like, oh yeah, it's yeah. a hell of a place <laughs> to own a gun. It really <laughs> is. It really is. But there's an upside to it. Um, could always be worse, I suppose. Could be Canada or Chicago. <laughs> Thank God it's not either. Yeah. Of
1: those things, but... Right.
0: But really, we just wanted to focus around New York gun ownership and just, you know, kind of give more information about it, I suppose.
1: Right. And they, uh, we had also discussed not only, you know, talking about some gun stuff, but maybe diving into some some current event type information. We, we don't want to get too political with anything. Right. You know, we, we want it to be more informative, but...
0: Obviously, you know, living it's... in New York State right.
1: with everything going on in 2020.
0: Correct. Correct. Yeah, and
1: uh, let alone talking about guns. It's bound to get there's bound to be some political discussion at some point
0: Yeah, there has to be unfortunately, but you know, it's part of the game um, Yeah, pretty much like I said, my name is Taylor. I'm 30 years old live on Long Island I work in the aviation industry. I'm a life member of the NRA and part of the Grand Collectors Association
1: Yeah, so you know, uh, my name is JT um, Grew up in Long Island my whole life. I'm 28 years old um in the law enforcement arena which uh, don't is definitely, get too specific. definitely special <laughs> at times yeah I won't get too specific as far as which uh, which agency I'm sure over time you'll be able to figure it out um, but that comes with its with my with my own personal views of of a lot of things so we'll we're kind of gonna go back and forth between like a you know Taylor's civilian you know
0: outlook c- on things
1: correct and then maybe like a law enforcement side view of things which Honestly, often they're they're pretty much the same. Most law enforcement officers are, are, are very pro Second Amendment.
0: Pretty much, but when high profile shootings happen in the mind of a civilian, I don't know the immense pressure that an officer might be under, or the battles and challenges they face as far as legal issues, societal views about what they do. You know, I, I'm not under right. that microscope constantly, so right. it's good to have a different viewpoint in that. But mm-hmm. you know, John and I are, are insanely pro gun, right. and. Um, you know that's why we wanted to make this podcast, right? Um, so how did we get into guns, John? How did you get into guns? My uh,
1: my father was very much into guns when he was uh, when he was younger. Um, so as I was growing up, you know he he did have guns in the home, and he was always very open with them with me. So you know I was never wondering what they were. Right. You know he's very very interested in, in in sharing that part of his life with me. Which I think kind of—it's of, very important, right? Yeah, it kind of showed me that guns really aren't something to be scared of, but you know, they they can be fun. You can bring them to the range, you can shoot them. Which we we had plenty of days where we would go out, we would shoot, have a great time, um, and it kind of showed me that they're more of a tool, you know, not only for hunting and all that stuff, but also to defend yourself against. You know, people who, who might be entering your home. Of course. Of course. <laughs> people you don't want to enter your home. So <laughs> it's um, not that, you know, not that we ever lived a life of we're going to shoot every single person that comes into our home if we don't know them. But just knowing that, you know, this is a tool with multiple uses and the ways not to use them.
0: Right. Unfortunately, suburban Long Island sometimes is plagued by break-ins and violence. And no matter yeah, what kind of right. neighborhood you live in, it's just going to be there. Right. I kind of had the opposite growing up. Not that my family was against guns. My mother was really against guns. Uh, my father was kind of just uh, not really pro or for it. Didn't mm. really know anything about it. Didn't wasn't really part of the equation. It wasn't really until I was in my late teens, uh, early 20s, and I kind of wanted to just have one, just mm. to have one to go shooting. It looked kind of fun. It looked really interesting. Right. And then uh, my first gun I built was a, an, an AR-15. Mm-hmm. This was... You know, pre safe act. So, you know, I got a lower, got a parts kit, put it together without really knowing much of anything other than looking up. This was even really before YouTube gun stuff was kind of huge. Right. Looked up an article on how to put the lower together and, you know, away I went. And then, um, you know, it kind of opened the door to me more so uh, from the historical side of things. And that's when I really started to get into history Mm -hmm. and not so much, you know, world history, but. More so American history, and then, oh, this gun is cool. Oh, it's from this time period. Oh, it was used in this. What was going on in this country? Oh, a revolution. And it kind of really sowed the seeds of my interest in history and fascination with firearms, not from only a mechanical standpoint, but from, from a historical standpoint. Mm-hmm. So from that point on, you know, I was just hooked. I loved going to the range and shooting, and more so, I'm I'm more of a collector. I'm more, you know, old wood and old steel kind of guns. Right. That's what really, you know, turns my crank, so to speak. Right. So... If a gun's got history to it i'll I'll talk about it all day and fondle it and oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll please when you go to a gun store hey can I can I see that you're just you're just holding on to it you right. know what I mean yep. <laughs> yeah oh man this gun is eighty a hundred years old you yeah, know right um
1: I mean that's kind of like one of the things for me as I've gotten older because um, I wasn't always necessarily interested in like the history aspect of it mm-hmm. but as I've gotten older I've been more and more interested in it right so that's kind of you know, Taylor has a lot of um, a lot of information, and he he's really into the history of guns. And I'm kind of interested into getting into that type of stuff. So, you know, we'll be talking about that, and I think Taylor will have a lot of uh, information he's going to share with us about oh, yeah. certain things. So, things oh, yeah. that you know I don't know, and maybe a lot of us don't know either.
0: Oh yeah, New York, living in New York, definitely you know influenced our perception of guns because you know when I was younger, it was always this kind of like portrayed as only criminals have guns, or, you know, oh, you got a permit for that kind of mentality. It wasn't really until I started looking into guns. It's like, oh, I want to buy an AR-15. Well, you can't have this one. You can't have this one. You can't have, can have this on it. You mm-hmm. can't do that. Mm-hmm. All right, well, then what can I have? And then I had to basically become a paralegal and read all these, the, you know, all these laws that right. New York had. This mm-hmm. was pre-SAFE Act, too, right. so it was a lot simpler of a time if, you know, mm-hmm. you could believe it. And it's like, okay, well, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can only have this, and I have to do this. So... I could still have it though. It, mm-hmm. And that was kind of the mentality that I that I had was yeah. I could still have an AR15. It's still a firearm. And we had to kind of roll with that. But, you know, it kind of New York kind of makes it seems like guns are very taboo when in reality we we have a really high rate of gun ownership in the state. Yeah, I
1: mean, I guess it also depends on where, you know, where you live. True. Long Island, you know, Suffolk County there. There's a I mean, most people here I think are pro gun.
0: I would imagine. I mean, the so.
1: most people, I mean, you know, unless you're like, you're very, very, very liberal, or even, I mean, even some Democrats are very much like against that. I, I know people, friends of mine, who are, who are, they're like borderline. They're not sure people yeah. should really own guns. Um, and then obviously you move into the city and it's like, you can't have anything there. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, you walk down the street literally with, with, with a pocket knife and like, you're a criminal all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, pretty so, much. Um, and then, of course, going upstate, you kind of become more free again.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, too, because we, we live on Long Island, and a lot of what we know is Long Island gun culture. Right. And even part of into the city. Mm-hmm. But upstate, it's a completely different world. And if anybody upstate is listening, um, you know, you're, you you got it pretty good up there compared to state. <laughs> you guys can have carry, full carry in some counties. And unlike a lot of other states, you know, we're a county by county basis here, and just a county line can change laws to where it's legal and then it's a felony. Mm-hmm. It, right. It that's the one thing we live in too. If you're driving upstate with a firearm from Long Island, geez, you know, do, you know, don't stop in the city, don't stop in Brooklyn, don't stop right. in Queens. Just, you know, hold hold your piss. You know, don't stop to use the bathroom. Yeah,
1: it's it's sad that that's that's the state of things here. You know. Right. It's very. It's. It, be, they kind of walk that line of well, you can have it, but we're going to make it almost impossible for you to actually do anything with it, right? Which you know
0: I think most people realize. Anyway. Well, recently the the uh, New York City just changed its law uh, about handgun about their handgun ownership. There was a challenge to the New York City law where if you owned a a handgun, you know, permitted legal handgun. Mm-hmm. They say you can only shoot it within the boroughs of the city. I saw that. Yeah, but yeah. it got taken to the Supreme Court, and the city, rather than going through a Supreme Court case, said, "Oh no, we're going to change that to where you can shoot it, you know, anywhere else you want in the rest of the state." Right. Well, they that didn't want to set. Sense. Yeah, it does, but they didn't want to set a precedent through case law, so they just, you know, quick change the law, which means that the law wasn't really even needed to be in place anyway. Of course.
1: Yeah, I saw that, um, and there's only like a handful of. Of ranges actually in oh, yeah. within the city, so and it's they're like, closing, yeah. You right? know. So it's like almost impossible to actually even use, exactly. use your
0: gun, even even for sport. Exactly, yeah. even just for target shooting, sportsmanship, etc. You know, a lot of New York City gun owners want to go upstate and shoot their handguns or their legally owned firearms, but right, the law says they can't, and unfortunately, a lot of them just do it anyway. And right. just you right. know, we, which we don't advocate breaking the law on this podcast, but right. you know, people do what they want. It's a free country, and if they went through the process to get the permitting and everything legal well you know right they're not the people we need to worry about no of course not (laughs) um yeah i just you know i find it just really peculiar being here in new york and everyone's like oh you should just move oh you should just get away it's it's not that easy you know to a lot of people who have families who have businesses who really do enjoy a lot of the things that the state brings them right it's not that easy just to pick up and move so I kind of adopt a mentality. It's like, okay, well, if we're here, we got to make the best of it and mm-hmm. hope that it changes in the future. Right. It's true. Um,
1: you know, when I was looking looking at getting into law enforcement, there was several different places that that I applied to work at. Took you know all the civil service exams. Um, you know, one of those places uh, ended up being uh, down south in um, Winston Salem, North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. <laughs> and um, you know, they gave me an offer of employment and all that. And it ended up being, you know, I knew I was going to end up getting a job up here in New York eventually. And it kind of came down to, do I really want to uproot my whole entire life to go down there? Um, which we ult- ultimately decided, no, you know, our our whole family's here and, and whatnot. So it just would have been a mess. So I can't, you know, if I'm not ready to move for for a job, for a career, I can't imagine people just moving just just because they like all a, a different gun, right? So it's 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 not as easy as well. You no. just just leave, just right. leave. People are are very caught up in the just leave, just leave. Well, no, let's let's make it so everything makes sense. Not not well. You know what? If you don't like it here, just leave. Well. Right. Because if all possible. the gun owners
0: leave, then all the anti-gunners are going to be here and they're just going to write even worse laws. Well, there's already plenty of them. Well, I know that. <laughs> I, mean, I know that. But <laughs> right. if every, if every pro-gun owner leaves New York, it's going to be the, right. the anti-gun paradise. Right. So, and that's,
1: well, I mean, gun owners are, are pretty much demonized anyway already by a lot of people.
0: I think they are, and I, I agree with that. And I sometimes think that people just don't understand that it's not a left or right or Democrat or conservative issue. It's more of a rights issue.
1: Well, yeah, and then they they go ahead and they throw. Well, that's when we were, you know, the Second Amendment was written when there were muskets, and it was for hunting, it and it matter. was because a no, a of right. course, it, yeah. exactly, it's a right, it's
0: a right. And I know, find it interesting too that New York is a is a melting pot of immigrants. A mm-hmm. lot of people come from all over the world from these really like oppressive countries, and then they move here, and then they're still against guns, and they're like, and I'm yeah, like, right. you move from a place where there was a dictator, you know. Right. America never had a dictator, despite what some people think of our current president. Right. You know, right. We, we were never under tyrannical rule post, right. you know, 1776. Right. So I, I happen to think that, unfortunately, a lot of people get swept up in whatever emotion-based decisions that they do. Mm-hmm. And they don't really take a look back. And that's why I, I really, when I got into guns and, and a lot of the history behind them, I'm like, Wow. I never really knew this about this country. You know, I never knew this about China. I never knew this about Romania or Mm -hmm. Hungary Mm -hmm. or the Soviet Union, now Russia. You know, I never knew all this East Germany, West Germany, you know, countries that no longer exist. East Germany. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. So,
1: so, uh, Taylor, tell me, um, what, what was the first
0: gun you ever had? First gun I ever had, like I said earlier, was an AR 15. Um, the AR-15 market has changed significantly in 10-year time even for when I started getting into firearms. I mean, back then, it was all about the quad rails and the lasers and mm-hmm. the, the grips and the tactical and the, you know, and it looked cool and it, it really, to somebody who didn't know guns, I'm like, wow, that looks so, that looks so cool. You know, I want right. it. Right. And then, you know, when you get it, you're like, damn, this thing is heavy. Well, what do I need this for? <laughs> like, what the hell? And... You know, after my my AR-15s have gone through an evolution of adding parts, taking away parts, doing this, doing that. Now it's just, you know, I I adopted the KISS philosophy, keep it simple, stupid. You know, if it doesn't need to be there, it's dead weight. My next gun after that, though, the gun that really got me into all this history, believe it or not, was a Norinco Chinese SKS. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering because I, I learned about the Chinese uh, firearms embargo that the U.S. put in place in 94. And I'm like, oh, so it's Chinese. It must be, it's banned. So it must be, you know, good and cool. And then I didn't know there was like millions of them imported to the U.S. And that they're, you know, everywhere. They're right. like cockroaches. But, you know, like, then you learn that the, the SKS is people confuse with an AK. Well, then, you know, mm-hmm. well, what's the difference between an SKS and an AK? Mm-hmm. And then you learn that. And then you're like, oh, AKs are kind of cool. And then. My mm. next gun after that was an Egyptian Mahdi AK which happened at the time to be New York compliant. Right. It had a thumbhole stock and right. it was imported during the assault weapons ban. Right. So it was, you know, perfectly legal and you had an AK that had a pretty interesting history behind it. The Egyptians, they were the first country to really build an AK for export to the US that was Soviet patterned, you right. know. We had the Chinese AKs We had some Hungarian AKs coming in, and then you had the Egyptians, which were built on Soviet tooling by Soviet advisors. And it's a little crude, but I really like it. And then that really kind of spiraled into mostly I – my – what I get into is really Eastern Bloc firearms, Soviet Union, Cold War, Mm -hmm. World War II to like the 80s kind of firearms. And, you know, that encompasses SKSs, AKs, Mosins, you know, and now I'm getting into the American stuff too. Right.
1: Yeah, so I guess I wouldn't really call it my personal first firearm. It was really my father's, uh, which I, I actually always thought it was the coolest one. Um, yeah. <laughs> Taylor knows what yeah. I'm talking about. Um, Ruger Mini 14. Oh, yeah. Which, <laughs> which, I mean, it is cool. It it's is. cool as hell.
0: And at the time, it was a pre ban You know, when, mm-hmm. when we first became friends and we went to the range, John was my range buddy for a long time. Uh, you know, and, like, when we became friends, I'm like, oh, you're into guns? Oh, I'm into guns. Cool. And we <laughs> we go to the range, and he had it, the pre-band Mini-14, and this right. was pre-Safe Act. So it had, you know, grip and a, and a big, long flash hider yeah. on it. And, yeah. you know, like get it, like I said, getting into it, it's just like, whoa, that's cool. It's cool You know, cool it looks cool.
1: And it is still cool as hell. It is still <laughs> cool as hell. Yeah, it is
0: still cool as hell. It was
1: it, it was sad, though, when uh, I had it, you know, I I did make it compliant. Yeah. You know, I did. Uh, and this was before I was in law enforcement. As as some of you may not know, law enforcement can utilize um, pistol grips and, and all sorts they, of things. They have like an that. exemption yeah. in the right. provision of the SAFE Act. Right. So um, this was before my law enforcement career. So I did um, put the original wooden stock back on her. Yeah. And uh, she did look just a little less cool.
0: Yeah. But... It <laughs> you know what? As I get older, though, I find that that's, that looks cool as hell. It and, is. I mean, funny thing about the Mini Fourteen, it's derived originally from the M1 Garand, right? And then the, the M14 subsequently, and then Bill right. Ruger wanted to make a scaled down version of that for 5.56. So right. it has its lineage to the great American M1 rifle. Right.
1: I think my my personal real first firearm was actually it was a it was a Christmas present oh. from my from my dad. It was a uh, a Mossberg uh, pump action twelve gauge um which you know i still have it's great gift it's awesome it's also well you know what what better gift to give right exactly <laughs> gift um, that'll last a lifetime right. and then uh as taylor knows my f- my first gun purchase oh yeah was, was the yeah, it's man. the gun yeah the 91 yeah the ninety one thirty. and uh that thing is a beast uh shortly after i purchased the uh was it the m44, yeah, the m44. The m44. Carbine version yeah which uh shoots literal fireballs
0: Fireballs. (laughs) yeah when you shoot surplus ammo through that it just has so much unburnt powder it just uh,
1: sends it out the barrel it's phenomenal
0: and you know i at that time i didn't have any mosins or anything so when we go to the range oh john let me shoot the mosins it's badass you know i mean it is bad it is it is and now i have i have a bunch of mosins and let me tell you i i love going to the range and shooting them i i have Russian, Finnish, Romanian, Chinese, Hungarian, right. you know, and it kind of runs the gambit of whatever flavor you'd like, you right. know. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, anytime you give somebody a Mosin, they just fucking smile. I don't, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, how much you shoot,
1: right? It's just well, a Mosin. it kicks like a mule. It does, and uh, it's you do you do feel the power behind it. It does, it does for sure. And you you didn't really
0: get. That's kind of where you stopped
1: in your gun buying. That is where I stopped in my gun buying. Yeah, right. Well, for a short time. For a short time. Yes. Um, rifles were always cool to me. I always thought handguns were a lot cooler. They are. And, um, they are. So, you know, I I waited. Um, started my law enforcement career. Of course, I got my my uh, my duty gun, um, which happens to be a Glock, Glock well, seventeen, Yeah. Glock seventeen, which is it's 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 great. I yeah. love it. Um, I ended up getting an off duty the uh, Glock 26, which I also love. And then from there, I kind of I, I bought a couple a couple other Glocks. Um, at this point though, um, I, I do want to get more into the, the historic stuff. Mm. So, I always told Taylor, you know, he's always sending me links for, for rifles and all sorts of stuff, yeah. but I've always been more partial to the handguns, and since I've been... I guess, blessed with the privilege to uh, be able to own handguns, you know, and to carry and to carry. Right. But, you know, to to have them and, you know, it may not have to go through a ridiculous process and Uh have to worry about a thousand different things. Um, I kind of want to take advantage of that, you know, for sure. Right. So that's kind of where I am. You know,
0: I don't have a handgun permit. I don't own handguns. And I know, John always gives me crap about it. And I do. It's, it's
1: always better. to. Everyone always yeah, says, oh, I know. I'll do it tomorrow, I I'll do it, tomorrow. it. I'll do it tomorrow. You could have done it years, years ago. The years go by. <laughs> I know. Right. The years go by. And that's right. also
0: a problem that a lot of people don't realize is that it, it takes an exorbitant amount of time, it money. It does. It, you have to get all this paperwork Correct. together. And it's purposely done that way to make you not want to do it. Right. And, you know, it's it's not that I'm dissuaded by people are going to say, oh, if you're really into guns, you should just do it. <laughs> you know, it's your right. I'm like, I know it's my right. I got I got a life. And I got other crap going on. Right. <laughs> so right. I just I'm loaded to the gills with rifles. And honestly, you know, I I happen to really like rifles and I enjoy shooting them. Of course, one day I'd love to get my handgun license. And <laughs> I honestly think my first handgun purchase. It, it, I I I've, I've thought about this. What, what my first handgun mm. purchase is going to be. <laughs> I know this. I know this sounds a little lame, man. But honestly, I really want a Makarov. It's. I the, would love uh, one. Yeah. And you know what? Whatever flavor, East German, Bulgarian, Mm -hmm. Hungarian, I would love a Chinese one, but Mm -hmm. those things now are crazy expensive. But I I actually just sent John a link the other day for a Chinese T-33 Tokarev that they're importing now, I guess, out of Albania. And at the price of $349, I'm telling John, you need to get on this. You need to buy this because... I remember years ago when we were talking about buying ninety nine dollar type fifty three Mosins, Chinese <laughs> yeah, Mosins, and the, we're like, oh, it's too expensive, it's too expensive. I don't yep. know. Uh, and then now they're three hundred and 350 hundred dollar yeah, guns.
1: I think I bought bought both of my Mosins. One you know, oh, they were each Jesus. like what, like a hundred you were there oh, for both yeah, of them. Yeah. I, I think I think my very first one was like hundred and twenty nine and I was yeah. like, damn, that's a lot of fucking
0: money. I know. Well we were also <laughs> young. I mean I'm we thirty. Were. We and were. This was ten years ago. We were right. in our early twenties. Right. And you know, a crate of ammo was only $90. <laughs> I remember the, the, gun, yeah, the gun show. show. The we old were... <laughs> Westchester gun show, RIP, up in White Plains. Oh, man. I got, what, it was Ugh. like a
1: 880 rounds, like, oh, the, you know, man. the whole, yeah. the crate. And it yeah. was like 100 and what? It was like $160 out the door yeah, I for know. 880 rounds. Now it's like, what, $400? Yeah, about That's that. Each can I saw a
0: Polish import was $209 Jeez. plus shipping. And then in New York, you have to pay ammo transfer, too. Which, if you get ammo shipped to... It has to go to a dealer. Well, it doesn't have to. Some websites ship to your home. I'm not going to say who they are. Right. But you could find them. You can find them. But New York State law said that ammo has to go through a dealer and get a background check done. But then they didn't set up the system to do the background check. Well, I thought they they technically wrote that.
1: They haven't written it out, but they... I thought they got overturned.
0: Well, no. What happened was they wrote the law saying that the ammo has to go, online orders has to go through an FFL deal. Mm-hmm. They were hoping to piggyback off the NIC system, the federal system, and the right. feds were like, uh uh that's right. your own problem. Right. They never got a system in place, and then places just, like, it, it wasn't overturned. It's still technically law. Right. But the way people interpret it is that, okay, if it was written in the law, but there's never a system to put in place, we... You know, what, what, what are we to do? You know, we interpret it this way. Some right. places, like I said, do ship right. to your door. And most others don't want to deal with the hassle of having a letter from the Attorney General from right. New York and just say, send it to a dealer. And then we have to pay and be inconvenienced. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the name of the game in, in New York is to inconvenience you into not owning guns, gun, right. right. not to be a gun owner. Yeah, it's a damn shame. <laughs> it really is. And, you know, things. I thought things were bad under the Safe fa- pre-SAFE Act. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a pain in the ass. Right. But now... Geez, send me back, man. <laughs> I know. You know, you can't even have a pistol grip on your rifles nowadays. It's know. scary stuff,
1: man, what they could uh, do. I know. You know, it's like they can't ban the gun, so they'll ban everything around it to make it just impossible. So we can't ban the gun, but let's make it so you have to pay, you know, two cents extra per round and a transfer fee and all nah, 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 all this bullshit. And it just makes it hard.
0: Well, that's like Chris Rock, the comedian, had a bit. Of, he said, you know... Fuck gun control. I want bullet control. Yeah, Every exactly. bullet costs $5,000. You right. think twice about shooting someone. Right. Exactly. And that's ultimately what they want to do. Right. They yeah. want, you know, all these crazy laws. But it's only going to hurt people like JT and I here. Right. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, even the process of buying a firearm. When I when I first wanted to become a gun, or, gun owner, you know, I, I thought it was like this big thing. I thought, you know, the, the way the, the media and everyone made it seem, it was this big thing. But... No, you go to a store, pick out what you want, get a do your 4473, right? Then you walk out, right? And in in some senses, I think New York is a lot better in 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 that aspect than a lot of other states. Some some states have waiting periods. Some states only have like mm-hmm. one handgun a month laws. Right. Some you have to have a FOID card, a firearms owner identification card. In some states like Illinois, mm-hmm. so I think New York in some aspects does have a little bit more of a, a sense of freedom in that in that sense obviously new york city a lot of things we talk about aren't applicable to new york city i'm sorry to anybody who lives in new york city in the boroughs yeah, we we can get into new york city stuff yeah we can um, but that's that's a whole just our discussion right. on its
1: own pretty much anything that applies to new york state which already sucks it's like 3 times as worse oh, in yeah. the city it's it's horrible oh yeah
0: oh yeah but you know so we don't have to ha- register long guns unless it was a, an assault, wa- assault weapon deemed under Quote, the, unquote. Quote, unquote, yeah. Assault. Quote, yeah. Air, huge air, air quotes. Right. Yeah, unless it was a, quote, unquote, assault re- uh, weapon that you had to register for the right. SAFE Act. Right. But, you know, a lot of people just made them compliant or unfortunately sold them. And then even right. more people didn't register, which, you know, again, we don't advocate the breaking of laws on this podcast, but people do what they want to do.
1: Listen. At the end of the day, laws are only laws because people agree to follow those laws. Exactly. Okay. So, if, if you have the populace as a whole who's just not going to follow that, follow the law, you, there's no way you can't lock every single person up in the United States, right? Exactly. And then you also need law enforcement who are willing, you know, oh, willing yeah. to enforce. I mean, if you, you know, I, I know it's a little off topic, but if you look at the, the these mask man, mandates right now, oh, you know, yeah. with the, with the coronavirus and whatnot, um, I mean, there's law enforcement agencies that just said they are not enforcing it. You know, and, and at, at what point does it just become words on a piece of paper? You know, it's like, that's true. well, they could write whatever they want on that piece of paper, but if no one's going to enforce it or no one's going to abide by it, then it's
0: not really a law. I know? forget the, 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 the statistical number, but the mass noncompliance of registering your quote-unquote assault weapons in New York. It mm-hmm. was some astronomically low right. number of people right. that actually did. Right, of course. And, <laughs> and you know, power to them. Right. I think that's great. Right, And it did... It really just goes to show that even if people who registered them with all the, the, quote, assault weapons, end quote, that are in the state, we don't have a problem with those firearms. Mm-hmm. Right. How many times, you know, do you see people getting shot, all handguns, mm-hmm. it, illegal handguns at that? Right. The, the legal gun ownership in New York, I, I really don't think has a problem with crime. No, I don't think so. No,
1: I mean, if if we want to go back in time a little bit to um, to Hurricane Sandy, oh yeah, okay, Hurricane oh, yeah. Sandy's a great example. I mean,
0: we you we know, got shafted hard down
1: here, right? We we got it really bad where we're at, and um, you know, my my parents' house where I was living at the time, we got uh, we South got about, Shore of Long Island, right, right? We got about five feet of water in our in our uh, downstairs of our house. So it's a yeah. lot of a lot of fucking water. Yeah, Swimming so pool. um, you, you know, guys got out point, your floats and <laughs> right. So at that point, you know, the day after the storm, you know, all the electric companies and all that, they came, they turned everything off. So, you know, you don't have any electric, anything like yeah. that. Um, it was very, very, very cold. Yeah. You know, so um, I remember me and, me and my dad were, were pretty much staying at the house while my, my mother and my and my sister, they stayed somewhere else. And we pretty much slept with shotguns next to our beds. Cause oh, yeah. People were, were breaking into houses. They were they were looting whatever they could. They were stealing fucking copper out of the walls. Yeah. And um, a couple blocks away from me, there was actually a guy who who broke into a house, and the 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 owner there owned a uh, I think it was like a ten twenty two, and he ended up shooting the guy in the ass oh, a couple yeah. times, and the you know and the guy took off. But you know that's that'll what, do it, man. Right, but like what would what, what would happen to that you know that homeowner if you know not only was you know let's say he was there with no you know with no firearm, not yeah. able to protect himself in his home, and I think that's. Especially That's during important. a
0: time of natural disaster when there's right. just so much chaos and emergency services are, you know, needed elsewhere. Right. People really need to be more reliant on themselves. Right. My, my Hurricane Sandy story was a little bit different than John's. I, I was living in a place that didn't get hit with flood but was out of power for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then my father was living in a place, south shore of Long Island, that got wrecked. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wrecked. Same thing as John. Feet of water in his house, looting, you know, the whole nine yards. Right. And where I was living, where we where we didn't have power, it was two weeks, no power, no gasoline, gas pumps weren't working, mm-hmm. nothing. And uh, if anyone's familiar with a little little town called windanch <laughs> happened to be nearby. And, um, yeah, let's just say it was a little interesting. And I always had a firearm on me. I, I <laughs> Believe it or not, I had my AK with me. At the time, I didn't own a shotgun, mm-hmm. so I had an <laughs> AK. And, <laughs> you know, maybe not the... Maybe not the most uh, politically correct choice, but that's that's what I had. I had an AK, and I had pre-banned magazines. I had pre-banned 30-round magazines. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was working at a convenience store. My boss said to me, hey, you know, would you mind when you come to work just just bring a gun or two just to kind of have around? We're going to be open for necessities. You know, people need water, medical supplies, whatever. But, you know, just bring it around. I'm like, okay, I'm not shooting anybody over fucking, you know – Convenience store money—some money that's not even yours—but yeah. to prote- protect yourself. But it was also—I had—I happen to think it had an impact on the neighborhood. The the convenience store was on a kind of a main road, and it was in a resi- and the main road buffered a residential area. And you know, you saw some unsavory characters come by, look in the store, no power, but they saw a bunch of people with firearms and a, and a, and a pit bull. They were like, "Oh, yeah, you're like, Yeah, we'll go up the
1: block and we'll try the next. Yeah, one. we'll we'll walk away." <laughs>
0: And I happen to think cuz I live very near that convenience store, I happen to think that that had an effect on the neighborhood being in a much better off place mm-hmm. than than it might not have been. Right. So just that the presence of a firearm is is more so a deterrent to any sort of bodily harm or criminal activity that might, you know, right. fall upon you. Right. And yeah. um during a time of natural disaster, it's kind of you have to kind of weigh common sense with practicality, you know, Maybe, like I said, maybe an AK wasn't the best choice, but it's mm-hmm. what I had. Right. I wasn't brandishing it. I wasn't pointing at anybody. It was just there. Right. Just the fact that it was there made me feel a lot right. better. It's, it's mere presence there. Mere was, presence. You know. <laughs> so
1: it, it, it could make a difference, man. Oh, okay. it can. It, it definitely makes people think twice.
0: And know? that's the whole thing. You know, rather than committing some sort of violence, you know, people just go away. Right. And that's.
1: And that's what we want, right? right? We don't you know, we don't want to ever have to use it. Oh you know, god, god forbid no. we no. never we never wanna to have to use our firearms but no. um so it's good if, if someone knows that you have it and it makes them think twice and it never comes to blows, it never comes to any type of violence, that's really what we strive for at the end of right. the day.
0: And unfortunately in New York, even you could even be arrested for something like that, which you is can.
1: which is quite unfortunate. I mean at the end of the day you probably will be arrested right. anyway. Um usually charges like that do end up getting dropped. Yeah, you but know, you still got to go through the process. You do, man. you, you do. Get, you know, arrested but you, for... you know, yeah, you do. But from a law enforcement point of view on that, like, mm. you know, police they show up, they point, someone points to them, say, "Oh, this person walked in and that person shot them." Well, we they can't let you just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> you I know, mean, so it, it, this is not Texas, right, I suppose. Right. <laughs> right. So, at the end of the day, you probably, you know, let's say God forbid you ever did have to use a firearm in self-defense, you're probably you probably are going to get arrested. And just know that if you acted within the law and you were defending yourself, and you know you don't don't be shooting people in the back and all right. that stuff, right? Things that make us look like we were we were in the wrong. Then just, you're, I, you're, you're gonna be okay. I feel like okay. I
0: have to put this out there. Uh, we're not attorneys. We don't give legal advice. Of course, don't take anything we say as legal invi- advice. So. Just had to put that out there. Yeah, you
1: you don't want to go ahead and shoot somebody and say, well, I listened to a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you like New York gun guys too? Shit, I love them. (laughs) Right. So, of course, we're not attorneys. You know, I'm I'm far from it. Taylor's far from it. But we're just, you know, from from what I've
0: seen. From what I've seen, let me put it that way, from my own experience. Where do you think the future of... New York gun laws is going to go. I mean, do you think it could get Man, any worse? Yeah, I think. You, of course, I think. It, I mean, it everything can, can. But do always you get think worse. that it, it could even be signed into law? I mean, do you think that it would take another tragic shooting to to put lawmakers yeah. over the edge to rush emergency Listen, legislation?
1: What, what I think is that the firearm supporters, over time, uh, their 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 numbers are going to dwindle. You know, and I think just. It's a matter of time. I think where the I, opposite, man. I, I mean, if you look at, think about it this way, right? If you look at, like, when our parents were kids, yeah. high schools had shooting teams. They did. They had shooting my, my dad was the a, Exactly. My, yeah. my father was on the shooting team. So, and just, you know, over the years, like, you're talking about, like, schools who are pretty much pro-Second pro Amendment. Now, every single school is, is anti-gun, you know, and I think, you know, I'm not saying that this is true for everybody, but I think that schools and teachers do push an, an anti-gun agenda on people, you know, not, not being a conspiracy. not not like a conspiracy. No, but But, it is true. But I've, I have had teachers who were very against guns and they were outspoken. You know, I just think that, you know, second amendment is always under attack.
0: Students post a picture of a legally owned firearm on Instagram and suddenly they get banned from school. Right. They get dropped by a university. It happened on Long Island to a a Chinese immigrant, Asian American, I believe. Right. Right. And, um, the NRA uses him as a spokesperson now. And, um, they told his story about what happened. He bought a gun legally on Long Island and, Took a picture, posted it to his Instagram, right. and suddenly he's in hot fire from the school. Right. Yeah, it's, I, it's ridiculous. I happen to think, what, what I disagreed about earlier was that there's going to be less gun owners right. in, in New York. I, every time I go to the range as of late, I see more and more new gun owners. I see mm-hmm. women, I see families, I see mm-hmm. kids, young people, old people. That is true. They still have the stickers on them. Like, right. you yeah, know, that, the, that's, true. that's true. So that's what I'm getting at. I think that people are realizing that, hey... I need a gun. Right. I want my rights protected. Right. So I think that the more gun owners we have in New York, maybe that'll push push the tide politically to, to end this hard legislation that we live under. No, I don't I don't think
1: we're ever going to see a season in, in the government trying to get rid of guns. I think you 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 might see more people like especially with with everything that's going on right now. I think especially with coronavirus people realized like people were not prepared at all with food the supplies yeah. right and they realized shit like fuck like if I'm not gonna have you know X, Y, Z I mean we saw but like we saw gun stores they were sh- they, you know a lot of them were shut down but people were buying like they sold like thousands and yeah. thousands of guns yeah. because I think people realize like shit if this gets re- if this gets really bad it's gonna come to not how many supplies do I have but how am I gonna save my family feed my family i might have to defend myself right. defend my supplies and then you know going forward with with all these riots that we have right now these quote peaceful protests which there are some peaceful protests yes, and there I, are definitely some riots
0: yes as as evidenced in new york city and Correct. soho and Right. And a lot of people wearing Rolexes nowadays. Right. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where
1: where the city is literally being burnt to the ground. But politicians still insist that it's peaceful protesting. Exactly. Right.
0: There are. Uh, that's one thing I'd like to address is that we are very pro rights no matter what they are. People should be able to protest and air their grievances against the government. Correct. But, you know, the minute that. You start destroying other people's property, hurting and harming other people. You know, right. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said that riding is the voice of the unheard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that these people feel that they're unheard, feel that they're not given the due justice that they are in society. Right. I don't think destroying property right. is the way to go about that. Right. I think unification behind a, a solid message, Correct. a point, a reason. And right. You know, and like I said, we we support people's rights a hundred percent. Whether right. you're, you know, white, brown, black, yeah. I mean, anything. it's
1: like Taylor said. It's it's always it's a lot easier to hear what somebody has to say and understand their point of view when they're not screaming and burning things to the ground. You right. know, so I think the louder people are, um, you know, verbally, the less they're heard. You know,
0: I also think that the the political unrest and the the protests and the riots also. F- also awaken people's need to own a firearm. Absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, things are happening far away from people, but it's right. coming to their neighborhood or right. coming to their house. And right. I feel bad for the people that live in the city because they had all this stuff happening and they, they could not do anything about it. Right. They they were trapped, even yep. the people in Portland in that CHAZ zone, whatever they want to <laughs> be called. The Chaz. the CHAZ. The CHAZ. 1036, the CHAZ. Right. Whatever they want to be, you know, identified as, these people occupied an area in Portland, but what about the people that live there? What about the people that own businesses there that feel trapped, felt like I'm I'm mm. in an occupied zone? Mm. Right, and they were. Pe- people right. were murdered, people were sexually assaulted, people were raped. I happen right. to think that, you know, a firearm is a deterrent or an equalizer to that.
1: Well, it, it has been said that a firearm is the great equalizer. Exactly. It, it is the only thing that is going to make, you know, a 100-pound female equal to a 300 pound dude who's trying to rape her in that moment the, yeah. the firearm is is what's going to equalize them exactly um, i'm i'm super supportive of people carrying illegally oh, you, know, yeah. you know i always i always tell all my friends and, and family they should get their paperwork done they should try and get if they can get a carry
0: they can and yeah, it's well, very very that, very difficult but that ain't gonna happen here right. right upstate is different upstate like i said it's a county by county basis and upstate New York has different laws and they issue carry permits, but down here on Long Island Right. Yeah, you, you ain't getting one unless you're yeah, in You to be a business owner and whatnot and, yeah. and you gotta prove that you carry cash and Which I think is ridiculous. You know, it is, is, is then, cash then, more important than your life? Right. The, the fact that I want to protect my life, that should be reason enough to to right. be able to carry a Correct. firearm. Right. You know, pieces of paper with presidents printed on it except Alexander Hamilton right. is more important than my life or my wife's life or my kid's life. Right. Exactly, and that to me is right. That you know, you could go into all these these deep rooted. While well, the gun laws were written to originally oppress people of color and minorities and bad neighborhoods, mm-hmm. which technically they were, right. they were right. But you know, now it's it's twenty twenty. Right. Go through go through a process, get background checked mm-hmm. and give somebody a license. You know. Right. It works in a lot of other places and. In, mm-hmm. in in the country,
1: right? I mean, it works in you know Texas is a good example. I mean, my uh, my grandmother when when she was still living, she lived up here uh, in New York on Long Island, and my grandfather unfortunately passed away, and my grandma went down to uh, went down to Texas and. She was down there for about a week and she called me and she said, Hey, you, you would love it down here. I'm like, Why? <laughs> <laughs> she's like every single person has a gun strapped to their waist. And I'm it's, like, yeah, and I'm sure the crime ain't that, ain't that bad. She's like, yeah, well, it makes people think twice before they walk in, you know, trying to, uh, trying to rob a store and they see four or five people there with guns, you know?
0: Yeah. And you know, we're not this gung ho shoot everybody kind of mentality, but it, it's really because we live here in New York where it's so polarizing. It's so different. Upstate, downstate, New York City, East End—you know it. We're in the middle of this 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 region where we have Pennsylvania to one side, Connecticut. You can own suppressors in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Right. You know Maine and Vermont. They they are very pro gun. They mm-hmm. don't. I think v- Vermont is constitutional carry, or oh, yeah. one of those. New Hampshire, I think, also mm-hmm. does. But mm-hmm. don't quote me on that. Right. But we live in in this area where it's like freedom, 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 restriction, freedom, 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 as right. you go from you know the right. the Northeast down. Right. And. Unfortunately, I happen to think that New York City politics and population kind of makes makes the laws for the state.
1: I mean, of course they do. Makes policy. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people there, man.
0: There is. And, you know, unfortunately, they're not pro-gun. Right. Well, right. I mean, I think... Uh, <laughs>
1: I think a lot of people are pro gun uh, like I gotta tell you right now, uh, yeah. there's a lot of criminals with guns. <laughs> they're very pro-gun. They're they pro gun. They love guns. They're pro block 40. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they're very pro gun there. That is true. You are right. I take back that statement. <laughs> right, they, they, right. They, criminals are very pro gun. Yeah, <laughs> they love it yeah. They just don't like when they just don't care about the law. But they're they're, they're actively like, involved right, in the shooting right, sports. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, the sports <laughs> shooting well, at one another across. It is, <laughs> it is it is said right now that 19 out of 20 people on the street, and I'm not talking about like you know good people. I'm talking about like criminals. 19 out of 20 of them on the street right now do have guns on them, especially with um, the city eliminating the the anti um, anti crime unit, the plain clothes unit, which oh, yeah. is just crazy to me, but. You know, I'm not a politician. I don't make the rules. Nope. That's it. We just got to play within them. That's it.
0: Yeah, you know? pretty much. So. I happen to think that the state will try to enact further gun legislation. But unfortunately, a lot of the groups that we subscribe to, like the NRA, the NRA has come under fire lately for their inactivity, their mismanagement of funds. And, you know, there's not really a, a lot of momentum in that. In that aspect, to try and change the laws mm-hmm. in, in, in the state we live in, it's it's tiring, man. It imagine is.
1: imagine fighting every single thing every oh single day, God. all day long. I mean, we we you and I have the luxury of choosing the battles we want to talk about and whatnot, and you know we say anything that we we're we're not going to do ourselves. The NRA will take care of, you know. Like it's really they're they are, I guess it could be said the last line of defense for the for the Second Amendment.
0: There's other there's other gun groups as well, um, that people should you know be a part of as well i just um i'm not gonna plug or say one's better than another You're that's right. a personal choice but honestly i think we all really need to be more involved we really <coughs> need to be more active i've been to protests outside of the albany Capitol of the governor's mansion pre-safe act you know a bunch of angry people peacefully protesting with signs saying don't infringe our rights and they do it anyway. Right. Yeah, of course. That's one thing I'd hope to accomplish with this podcast is, okay, we live in New York. We're under this set of rules that we have to follow. All right. How do we make the best of it? What can we do to try and change it? And what do we do? You know, what kind of guns do we have? You know, at the end of the day, it's still a gun. An AR is no different than a Mini-14 in terms of its lethality. Sure. Right. It's the shoots the same round, It's right, exactly. automatic. Right. But one is okay and the other is not. Right. Because basically because one has a wooden stock. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So that's one thing, like I said, I would hope to address with this podcast is informing people, hey, you know, maybe instead of wanting that tactical AR that is going to get you in some legal trouble, we could still have this other option and it still be insanely effective at whatever you want to do, whether it's target, hunting, self-defense. Right. You know, I go to the range and I see all sorts of people with, with new guns, old guns, and they're guns. Right. We have a, sh- a lot of guns. Right. It's not an FN scar, but it's still a gun. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, and I, I think that if you if you have that gun and you, you, and you, you learn to use it well, y- you can have that right in New York and then hope mm-hmm. to change the laws Yeah. to the future.
1: Well, I think, you know, a big thing is... Uh, I you know, I think politicians just—I don't know. I mean, I—I I guess they—they they think we're stupid. You know. Oh I, yeah. I, you know, they—they um, they look at us and say, "Well, you know, they—they—they they, they could take the route of, you know, take classes. We're going to do this proper permitting. We're going to give you testing to make sure that you 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 know and understand firearm safety and all this nonsense, whatever." And um, but instead, they just go. Right to the root of, no, you can't have it because you're too stupid to understand it. And, right.
0: You know, we know better than you do, and it's, it's a shame. And even then, I'm against permitting. Um, just to kind of get you, you guys into my mind a little bit, I'm, I'm more against permitting. I, I believe it should be like the good old days where you can open up a catalog and have a gun mailed to your house. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not a criminal, you should be able to have a gun. Background checks, okay, they're needed in this day and age. You know, prior to 1968, right. you could order a <laughs> an anti-tank right. rifle delivered to your front door. Right. And, you know, the crime rate then, you could argue, probably was a lot lower than today. Mm-hmm. You know, the AR-15 has been around since the 60s. Right. And what, what happened? People changed. Right. The right. gun didn't. Right. So, obviously, in today's day and age, you need a background check. But, you know, what if the, the company that sends you the gun does the background check? You know, you fill out a form. You mail it to them or email it, and then they mail you the gun to your house. Right. You know, this interstate commerce laws of having to have guns sent to dealers when that person sending it is a dealer. It's an unnecessary step. It's an unnecessary fee. Mm -hmm. And especially around here in New York, I mean, Jesus, people charge obscene amounts for transfers. They do, yeah. I mean, the average transfer price is like $30 a gun. Right. I got... I transferred guns from... I I bought three guns from somebody. Mm -hmm. I bought... (laughs) <laughs> Lee Enfield, number four, Mark one. I. I bought a, an SKS and then I bought a Mosin the gun. The guy sold them to me as a package deal. Went to an FFL. The FFL wanted an in and out price. He wanted $30 per gun in and $30 per gun out. So he wanted $180 total to transfer three guns. Hmm. And I'm like, what? Hmm. Are you like, where, where the fuck am I? Yeah. You know? And we wound right. up going to another dealer and, and and they did it in a better fashion. Right. I'm not gonna say who and but you know, just the fact you want to try and buy buy guns it's right. it's just right. whole bureaucratic nonsense. And I get I get it, FFLs need to be paid for their time and they're very right. important. And
1: I'm, and I'm and I'm curious about you know, how much is that, you know I mean you go into a gun shop and the prices are more than what you can get online New so York I'm, has right. high gun right. prices. So I'm curious how much is that, you know, as a business owner, I'm losing a lot of money on not selling these guns, so now I have no choice to pay my rent. Right. I have to do a
0: high transfer fee
1: because if they're gonna use my store for the transfer, then I'm gonna to need to I'm gonna need a bigger piece.
0: Well, I, I don't argue that. I don't I, I, I agree in paying people for their services of and course. their time, but you know, it, it gets down to a point where am I gonna to come to you to do this transfer? Make Correct. it competitive. Right. right. Um, gun prices in New York are high. They're, They're higher are. than average because right. everything, like if you want a New York compliance AR, you're taking a $400 gun, tweaking it a little bit, and then selling it for $800 or $900. Right. Just because we live in New York. Right. I happen to find that if you do your research, you know what the prices of things are. I'm speaking because I mostly collect CNR-type guns, older-type guns. If I peruse Gun Broker, I have to automatically factor in $70 for shipping and transfer. Right. If you think that's worth it, great. If you don't, well, then don't buy it. Mm-hmm. So what you can find locally in a store here also is very limited. You know, you go into a shop, you see a lot of the same things. Some shops specialize in used. Some only deal in new. Some don't want to bother with transfers because they want to sell you their guns, which right. I get. I wholeheartedly right. agree with. But it, it depends on the clientele. Sure. we uh, People in this area uh, on Long Island, a lot of them... are, are more well off than others, we could say. And mm-hmm. they don't right. mind paying extra for something that they see that they want. Right. The more, you know, economically minded buyer might have to shop around or might have to do a transfer or might have to get it from used from somewhere. Right. So, you know, some of the prices I'm seeing on guns, though, the the, the prices are just going up insanely, right. especially in the surplus world, even the new world. A guy who was at the range yesterday showed me his KS-7, Caltech uh, single tube pump action KS-7, mm-hmm. 12 gauge. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, this is $495, and now they're asking eight, dollars $900 Jesus. for it. Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Double uh, up. Nice gun. Right. Cool, cool gun. Right. But <laughs> – pandemic prices combined with the fact that we live in New York where things are generally higher, you're going to pay through the nose. And that's why I'm telling my man over here to pick up that Chinese T-33 Tokarev right right now. Yeah, I really should. (laughs) As you know it's going to be like the $99 Chinese Mosins. Right, yeah, we'll be kicking ourselves. We're oh, talking
1: about uh God, <laughs> uh Taylor not not too long ago sent me a picture he found um an old catalog.
0: Oh, and it was like they were God. advertising $99. An old, $99. An old J&G <laughs> sales catalog. Right. I think they're based out of Arizona. Yeah, like 90, oh, $99 God. Mosin
1: and guns. Could have bought them by the fucking not even $99. By, $99. by the uh by the truckload, oh, man. We would be of good. Eight millimeters 8 mm millimeter to Mauser, we'd be good. We'd be good for him. Oh think about it. You, you know what? Who knew? Bought a few hundred of those, oh and now God. they're quadruple the price. Who man, who knew? Who knew? But you know, hindsight, even then, hindsight is always. Oh, 20, it is. always oh,
0: 20, twenty twenty. And you think the surplus is never going to end? But then mm-hmm. they but, sign <laughs> sanctions into hey, yeah. law, and right. then the import dries up. Right. Even right. the AK right. market. I mean, parts kits nowadays are going for insane amounts of money, right. and. You don't even get the barrel with them when they're imported. <laughs> it's another dumb law. Right. They in order to import parts kits into the country they have to chop the barrel now because that's deemed a military grade part. It's the barrel.
1: I think it would be cool to do an episode on like
0: dumb gun laws. You know? Dumb like, gun laws. Yeah, dumb gun laws. Like oh we, we should we should do. All of them. No. every one of them and yeah, <laughs> no, just we do uh,
1: Common sense gun laws that are based in no common sense at all. Right, <laughs> right. Jot, jot that down. Yeah, we, that, that's a good one. That's a good
0: one. I happen to think that the the gun laws. I I'm going to sound like a broken record or a broken podcast now, but the whole point of this podcast is that we live under dumb laws. So what are we going to do about it? Right. You know, um, I happen to think that you know the next topic we should talk about is. How, how how do you go about getting a gun in New York? We could do it. Yeah. We could do it, for sure. I think that would be a great topic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you, you go, people think you could just buy guns online. You go to a website and you click add to cart. Oh, sorry, this gun is not allowed in your in your <laughs> state of residence. Oh, it needs to be shipped to a dealer. Right, right. Oh, you need a background check. Oh, the background right. check is delayed. Well, how, oh, long so you how have do we do wait? it? Right. right. And just, just general, just going to a gun store. Right. I love, 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 love going to gun stores. Yeah. I really do. Right. And it's just, you know, you have a relationship with a local gun store. It's great. You, get, you know the guy's name behind the counter. He mm-hmm. remembers you because every month you come in and transfer some old you know gun right. or buy an old gun. And it's, right. Right. it's great. Pick up a cleaning kit. Pick up some cleaning patches. And, uh, you know, you just support the, the small business. Mm-hmm.
1: So what do you think, Taylor, about we'll do this, uh, what do you think, weekly, right?
0: I'd like to shoot for a weekly podcast. I right. think that'll be really good. I mean a lot of it I hope it's not gonna bore you guys but it's just gonna be me and John shooting the shit about guys pretty much
1: this is pretty
0: much we it's
1: just us talking
0: I mean right. these are and honestly
1: like these are it's funny cause these are this whole thing kind of just sounds like a conversation Taylor and I would have. Oh yeah, just said, smoking smoking <laughs> you know, a cigar and right? Right. Complaining about BS uh, gun uh, right. laws, exactly. So
0: but I'm hoping to really bring some information. I'm hoping that we could bring into the studio here. We could bring a gun, talk about it. Mm. I have some cool guns that I with some really interesting history. I think I'd love to share with the, the listeners. Right. Um, I would love to
1: learn. Taylor knows a lot more about historical aspects, you know, than me. So.
0: And I'm always learning. I'm not an Ian Macallo. I'm not a gun Jesus, but I really got into it, and I really just dove into the little minutiae, the history, Mm -hmm. the markings, the cartouches. If a gun is covered in cartouches and stamps, it is like Playboy to me. (laughs) I just fucking just get into it, you know? (laughs) It is is really that interesting to me, and I think that we could talk about some of that as Mm -hmm. well. Um, Maybe even the next podcast, I'll bring in my M1 that I just picked up, Mm -hmm. and we could just kind of shoot the shit about that for a few minutes. Which, by the way, you need to get one. Yeah, I know. Uh, I I became a
1: CMP but, but even even that it's just like you know we we're talking about doing paperwork and whatnot before for guns and like that just seems like you're like oh well you should get this oh great like where can I go go and well you need to be a member of this you need to fill out this form you got to do know this and you got to mail not... it in and then you got to wait and you know and, and I and I know at the it's end of the school. day I know at the end of the day it's not it's not that much but like you said before you know I have a life there's other shit I gotta do we're, so. we're
0: referring to the CMP the civilian marksmanship program that sells surplus M1s to the the citizens of this fine country, the paperwork is not that bad. And I put it off for years and I finally did it. And I'm like, <laughs> right, I'm hooked. It's right. like my dealer. It's like, I write out the form and I'm like, you got another field grade for me, you know? Right. But it's still, even for me, like at that point, I'm still, I'm just still into, into handguns, I know. Bro. Well, you missed the boat on their 1911s. They had 1911 surplus, but mm-hmm. good luck trying to get one of those now. No, I th- well, you know, you, you start when you can, and oh, I know we 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 came late. It's not to the too game. late. It's not too
1: late for anyone out there who's in exactly right. It's not too
0: late. So you're going to pay a little bit more, but it's not too it's late. Not too there's late still deals to be had right. out there.
1: And just because something might be two hundred dollars more now than it was five years ago, doesn't mean it's not going to be worth four hundred dollars more than it is today in ten years from now. So
0: right. not even just an investment because I don't plan on selling any of my mm-hmm. guns. I, I had to recently during this whole pandemic to pay for things, unfortunately. But you know what are you going to do right. at the end of the day, family and and everything comes first, mm-hmm. and they were guns that I wasn't really interested in anyway. Right. That that Lee Enfield, that number four Mark One, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, it, you know, get into it now right. because, like me getting a pistol permit, you're just gonna keep putting it off, right. and it's just you just eight years are gonna right. go by and you'll be like damn I could have you, had thing by now you
1: gotta buy that first gun and, exactly. and kinda break the ice and you, then you realize well you buy that second this is one, not bad and then that and third then, and then that 26 right. and that 27 and then you realize and then you, you get,
0: can't eat tonight because you bought one too many guns <laughs> or you realize that the big the big safe you wanna get into your house you can't because it can't fit through the front door oh mine fit yours did barely fit mine barely fit <laughs> yes yeah
1: we, we are we are safe and responsible gun owners we do have uh,
0: protections for our for our firearms you use condoms? <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Taylor, where can people find us if they wanna if they wanna find us?
0: So as of right now, we're on Instagram. Uh, New York Gun Guys on Instagram, exactly how it's spelled. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're gonna set up a Facebook page pretty soon. Right. No, is it um, is it NY Gun Guys or, yes, or is it NY Gun, okay, gun gotcha, Guys. Gotcha, okay. Yes, I, I should have clarified that. Thank you. <laughs> NY Gun Guys, November right. Yankee Gun Guys. Gotcha. Um, we do also have a website, a domain name secured, New York NY which we're gonna have a, a website put up where you could, you know, go find our podcast, download mm-hmm. it, stream it, etc. Uh, this is in the infancy. This is the first episode, but it's something the we first, right. the very first. This is something that we both really wanted to do for a while, and you know, given everything that's been going on recently, we're like, you know what. Now's the time Right yeah And as Taylor said before We're gonna shoot for a weekly Probably about an hour or So yeah. I, I
1: I can't imagine Anyone wanting to listen to us oh, God, For no. over an hour But people will see It Shut might be the fuck up! <laughs> It might be a little over an hour Might be a little under Under an hour We don't We don't really know We're just gonna go with it but.
0: Right Also our email Info at NYgunguys.com um, If you have anything You wanna talk about Shoot us an email Tell us yeah, we we'll, suck uh, Whatever Right <laughs> yeah. yeah Feedback is fine Yeah Either way We're Man. not You know you're We're not, not butthurt. hurt. Not, you won't hurt our. Phones, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so info at New York Instagram NYGunGuys.com. Yeah. and that's again info at NY I'm, I'm right. just so used to saying New York right NY NY, N-y gun guys NY NY NY. All right. well, all right. thanks, John. Thanks, Taylor. All right. later.